Giving critique is holding something very fragile in your hands. Mm -hmm. If you do it in the wrong way, you can break it. Hi, friends. I want to welcome you to Writing in the Dark, a series of cozy conversations about the craft of writing and the joys of living a creative life with me, Julia F. Green, and my friend, Ralph Walker. Ralph is a novelist, screenwriter, architect, and community organizer for the 5AM Writers Club on Twitter. I write fiction and memoir and teach creative writing to the community online and in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So top off your beverage of choice, grab a comfy seat, and join us for a great conversation. Hey, Ralph, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm excited to talk to you as always. What are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk today about critiquing and giving feedback, which I think is valuable and hard. There's so many tentacles to that particular octopus. Yeah, it's one of the more challenging parts of what you and I both do. Did anybody ever teach you how to critique? No. Isn't that the craziest thing? Nobody ever teaches you how to critique. No, the critiquing that I do in my workshops and that I receive is actually an amalgamation of so many different things that I've experienced or tried or heard. What are some of the variables or indicators that you use to figure out what that most helpful feedback could look like? There's two kinds of critique that I am most involved with. One is when somebody has drafted a piece and they know they're not done yet, but they're looking for feedback. The other kind of critique, which I think is actually harder, are the folks who feel like they probably are done and need to get some level of feedback because the piece that they feel is done or close to done isn't getting the kind of response that they want. They're in that stage of, well, I've put it out for query or I've submitted it for lit mags, but it's not getting picked up. Why isn't it getting to that next step? Usually when I start working with somebody, I ask them right up front, what are you looking for? Mm -hmm. There are times where people are looking for a big hug saying your work is beautiful and wonderful and valuable. And there are times where people are looking for the more scalding type of almost surgical criticism of consider this line or this character or this plot point because it's dragging on your story. Those are really different things. One of the things that has become important to me in the classroom and in my own creative process is really naming up front what the problem or desire is. So exactly what you said. I've submitted this to 50 lit mags and all I've gotten is form rejections. Please tell me what is not working here because I cannot see it. That's Mm -hmm. one bucket. And then another bucket is, gee, I've been really excited to write a novel for so many years or a memoir, and I just got started. And how does this look? For writers who are early in the process, I give them a lot of encouragement Mm -hmm. with a few notes. Like, hmm, I wonder what would happen if you put this character at the side of the road with a flat tire, or what would happen if they were confronted with something that they have been trying to avoid or many other examples. And then if someone says to me, I'm really struggling with X, then that's a different conversation. For the folks that I work with that are still in that first to second draft phase of their work, I really push on them to 
figure out how to tell the story. Don't worry about getting it right. Yeah. Worry about how, how are you going to tell it? One of the exercises that I do with a lot of folks is I challenge them to tell the story short and I challenge them to tell the story long. Mm-hmm. I don't know what your story is. Can you explain it to me in one page? Getting people trying to see the boundaries of the story that they're trying to tell and like, what is it that they're trying to capture sometimes is helpful. One thing that I try to do is fill up the buffet table. That's a good way to put it. I don't want to put out too many items, especially if you're in a room with 10 people for a few hours. If I'm not 100% sure where each of them is, I'm definitely going to put one dish on the buffet table that's character based. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, one that's plot based and maybe something about narration or description or how to create narrative tension or where does the story start? You put three to five items that often come up and hopefully folks will find something that appeals to them. You and I both have the same value of being empathetic and truly wanting to help people. Every once in a while, someone is going to show up at the buffet and be like, nope, nothing on here is for me. We can't help everyone, which, you know, that makes both of us a little sad, but it's also just the reality. Every writer is unique. Their project is unique. And we just offer the best tools that we can and hope that we can give them a little bit of fuel on their journey. The other thing that's really hard to avoid, but is necessary to talk about is what's your publication goal or what's your goal in terms of sharing a piece. Mm -hmm. There's times where a writer will come to the table and be like, okay, I'm writing the next bestseller. And so I need to follow all the rules and I need to break all the rules and I need to have the most exciting book I can possibly write at the right word count in the right genre. Mm -hmm. And they put so much pressure on themselves. I know I put a lot of pressure on myself. I know you do too. And sometimes it's necessary to take that away in the moment and say, we're not worried about publication right now. It's about what is the story Mm -hmm. and what serves the story first. And then we'll worry about all the other stuff. Let's get this story to a place that we're really feeling like this is the story that you want to tell, that you want to put your name on. Yeah. The phrase that comes to mind is process-oriented. Yeah. We all have a goal, certainly. But being able to shift a little bit away from that mindset of, I want to publish this book. Tell me how to do it. Tell me how to do it is the wrong approach. We're definitely going to keep that in the room and in the back of our minds, but we're also going to set it aside right now and do what you just said, which is, Figure out what is the essence of the story you want to tell? What is the storyline? Who are the characters? And is what's on the page reflecting all of those desires and imaginings? And we can't get to the end goal if we don't go down that road first. Yeah. Sometimes what you have to do is critique a writer on their stamina it's not about saying the words that you have on the page are right or wrong. Mm. It's saying that you haven't done enough yet. Keep going. You haven't gotten far enough down the trail for us to help you craft this. That's a hard thing for people to hear sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to share a little story about that because I think it's really illustrative. I met a woman in 2018 and she said, I really want to write this book. And I said, great. 2020 pandemic. She calls me and says, I haven't written the book, but I'm ready to start. 
And then she says, I'm going to finish my memoir by the end of the year. And my response was, great, let's do it. And then October rolled around and she went, oh, I'm not going to finish it by the end of this year. And I said, that's okay. (laughs) And she said, maybe I'll finish it next year, 2021. Each time that she set a goal, I held it loosely. Like I hold all my own goals. It's great to aim at a point on the horizon and say, I really want to finish this by this time. Just last night, we had a conversation with the group that she's in about chapters one and two. And the group's response was, I don't think this is the first chapters of the book. (laughs) And she (laughs) had that experience of, oh man, I just wanted to be done. It's a group that has enough trust and camaraderie that she looked at everyone and said, I trust you and you're here to make me the best that I can be. And also, I'm going to have to think really hard about how to do what you're suggesting that I do. And I'm going to have to rest a little bit and recuperate and rebuild that stamina so that I can keep going. Someone in graduate school said to me, Julia, it's a long game. And it is a long game. We all know what it's like to stand up from the desk and go, dang, Eureka, I got it. I'm good. And then you look at it, you know, next week, next month, next year, and you're thinking, hmm, not quite yet. (laughs) I had a client once in my professional life who liked to use the phrase, perfect is the enemy of good enough. Yeah. I agree with that phrase in many scenarios in Mm -hmm. my life. But I will say when you are pushing yourself to make art and to write books, you start to define what your own perfect is and start to understand how to get to that. Critique is actually really helpful because now you know how to look at your own work and hear the critique in a way where you can actually act on it in a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. The novel I'm working on right now I'm certainly not done with, but had shared some chapters with my toughest critique partner, who also Mm. happens to be my wife. Mm -hmm. She was a professional reader for a long time and has a very keen sense of story. And she made a couple comments to me on the chapters that she read, and they were all very positive. But in the comments, I heard something that revealed to me that I hadn't actually achieved what I wanted to Mm -hmm. with a specific character. Having heard that critique now, doing this for as long as I have, I could hear that. Both what the commentary was and what I could do to improve on that. I think a lot of people, particularly folks who are starting out, hear critique and commentary and don't really know how to work with it, Mm -hmm. right? You get the comments and go, okay, so now what? I think one of the things that you and I strive to do is to take critique a step further, where it's not just, here's what I saw, here's what I read, but also, here's some tools that you can use to start to try and figure out how to address that critique. Nobody taught me that. You probably got some of that through your MFA program. The most valuable thing I experienced in graduate school was listening to the critiques of my classmates. All the people around this table are looking incredibly closely at every line and every choice and every description. That level of scrutiny is maddening and has its flaws and challenges, but watching them taught me to read like that and evaluate Mm -hmm. like that. In my life as an architect, one of the ways that you're taught architecture is through the studio system where you do your work, you draw buildings, you draw designs, you pin them up on a wall, Mm -hmm. you present them to a group of people, and then it's an open critique. It's a process that 
does a lot of things, both in terms of teaching the skills of presentation and how to put yourself out there, but it also teaches you how to get a pretty thick skin pretty fast, Mm -hmm. not by any other means than just pure pain, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. So when I started the writing process, the idea of critique felt familiar. Often I would be in a writing group and everybody would be like, oh, your piece was so beautiful. It was so great. And that wasn't helpful. Mm -hmm. I wasn't there for the big hug. I was there for the nitpicking. Early on in my process, there was a fundraiser for um, a science fiction group. They were auctioning off critiques Mm -hmm. with some of the best writers in science fiction and fantasy, folks like N.K. Jemisin and her whole um, writing group. Mm. I won an opportunity Mm. for a critique session with them. And it was in many ways life-changing. It was incredible and incredibly devastating and (laughs) incredibly enlightening. I understand why these people are at a different Mm -hmm. level than I'm at. I do think there is kind of the natural reaction to critique of being, of of having some emotional impact and having some defensiveness. Mm -hmm. You and I both try and separate the writer from the writing Mm -hmm. and work hard at saying, yeah, this piece needs a ton of work. That doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a bad writer. It means that this piece needs a ton of work. And so let's figure out how to help you through that work. Yeah, there's something funny about creativity in our culture that when people, especially folks who've just started writing, put a draft on the table and we say, okay, there's a couple things you could really work on here. And I'm looking at this and I noticed this and this isn't working. And they'll say something like, gosh, I really did a terrible job here. And I always say something like, you're starting out, you're trying something new, you're learning, you're honing your yeah. craft. It's somehow only in writing, or maybe that's just where I'm personally experiencing it, that people expect to be maestros and feel crestfallen that they're not perfect out of the gate. I often say to writers, if you walked into your kitchen and had just started cooking, would you expect yourself to be able to make a five-star meal that a chef would? Our culture doesn't always emphasize that experimentation and process. It's really difficult to sit back as people have at your work. If you're fortunate, if you're in an environment that you are running or I am running, people are saying things that are intelligent, but they're not hurtful, which unfortunately sometimes can come to pass. My personal process is just to sit with feedback. I tend to feel a defensiveness and I just know that's part of my process. I know that I'm going to need to take a walk and maybe imagine some bad words to that person because I feel hurt (laughs) because I'm not perfect. And even though I remind myself that I'm not a five-star chef just getting started, I think it's a challenging process. It's difficult to listen and to absorb. And it's a really crucial part of the process that is a little bit uncomfortable to learn and endure. More than a little bit, but it's, <laughs> I will say for myself, yeah, I've had a number of folks who I've worked with where they really have worked over the piece yeah. for months, for years. In many ways, it is close to that finishing mark. And you know, there's something that's just not quite right. I wind up really trying to look back at character and story and get back to the basics of what was the goal of this piece? Where were you trying to go with this? 
and try to help them to either edit or identify holes in the, the story. When I'm looking at a long form project, I am thinking of the threads and through lines of the book. I, I'm going to be thinking of the character evolution. Sometimes the answer to your character problems isn't actually looking at the character over the span of the book. It's looking very closely at the character's movement in this chapter and then this chapter. And by that, I mean, okay, character walks into a room, does an action, has an emotion. Do all those things check out? Yeah. Let's work on a page level and sometimes a line level to really understand all the things that a character is doing and feeling and wanting. And often through that sort of smaller process, a writer can do two things simultaneously. One, be very surgical themselves and say, oh, well, if he's late to work, but he hates his job, he might not be upset about that. The other thing that it offers them is... The more that people write through scenes, the better their craft becomes. So that to write yeah. a new scene or to move a scene around or to fix the pacing somewhere becomes a lot easier. And once yeah. you get all those sort of jigsaw puzzle pieces cleaner, then sometimes connecting them is a lot easier than looking at a messy first draft that's 110,000 words. If somebody feels overwhelmed by that, I say, all right, let's pick a scene and work on yeah. that scene. I love that. One of the exercises that I try and do usually on my second or third draft is go through and list every scene in the book yeah. and say, what happens if I take the scene out? Mm -hmm. Does this thing still hold together? Yeah. If I can work my way through an entire long form piece and every scene is necessary to get from the beginning to the end, yeah. then I know that I have the structure. More often than not, what I find is that I go through it and it's like, oh, I wrote these four scenes that are really important to me, but they're important to me because I was figuring the book out. Mm -hmm. They're not important to the reader. Yeah. I could take that whole scene, I can reduce it to two lines of dialogue, mm -hmm. and I'm on to the next thing. For writers who feel frustrated with the tossing out process, it's all training. It's yeah. that stamina. I think for every writer who feels frustrated with oh, you want me to throw this out? Oh, I thought this draft was really good and you're telling me it needs more. There's the person that that writer is going to become who is going to right. look back and say, oh yeah, <laughs> you were right. Thank you for telling mm -hmm. me the truth about that so that I could work my craft and work harder. I had a scenario with a fantasy writer. He had sent me the first book in a series. He had already published it and the book was great. It was exactly what he wanted it to be. And then he started on the second book in the series and he said, well, I think I want to make it better. So we started having some real conversations about where to go with this. And he had kind of painted himself in a corner with certain mm. characters and descriptions. I said, well, does it have to be the second book in the series? Maybe it could be a standalone. Mm. That turned into a whole nother conversation that really freed him of the burdens he'd given himself. Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that a critique partner is really being asked to do is to help either carry or free the writer from burdens. Mm -hmm. Everybody comes to the table with their own expectations about how certain things go. Yeah. And I think that's what critique does is it helps either reinforce or subvert those expectations. Mm -hmm. For a lot of writers I work with, they'll send pages and say, okay, these are the first three chapters of my book, mm -hmm. right? And they'll say, well, actually, maybe it's the first two chapters of your book. And they'll be like, what do you mean? You're going to throw out a whole chapter? And be like, 
well, the pacing would be better if the chapter break was here. That doesn't necessarily change what the scene work is, right? right? I've talked about this in other scenarios. The scenes are for the writer, the chapters are for the reader. Mm. And people forget that chapter breaks are a publishing element. They have nothing to do with the actual work. The scene work is what matters. Mm -hmm. I always tell folks in workshop, we're going to have a discussion tonight. And some people are going to say things that you agree with. And some people are going to say things you disagree with. Part of the feedback process is sitting with a variety of feedback and understanding what you agree with. As much as we need feedback and we will always need feedback, we also need to trust our instincts. Mm -hmm. And a great moment in a workshop is when somebody in the room says something about how to change your work that you were either consciously aware of as a possibility and entertaining or even subconsciously, it just hits you in that moment of, oh, yeah, that's right. That's not four scenes. That's one scene. There can be this really nice synergy where somebody comes at you with feedback that really resonates and makes you feel empowered. I think a difficult part of the process is learning when to just say, I hear that feedback and I don't agree with it. I think that part of the process too is just as exciting. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. I've had the experience many times where you get into the room and the writer may hear from three, four, five people, oh, well, this scene doesn't work. And then they turn around and they say, well, actually, it does work. You haven't read the rest of the book yet. Mm -hmm. And this is important because you're going to experience something later. Mm -hmm. And they have that confidence in themselves to say, I still believe in this scene. That doesn't mean that the scene is perfect, but having that confidence to say, no, this was a choice I made and the choice matters Mm. because of the larger work. That's really important. I totally agree with that. When somebody says something that you, the writer, disagree with, it means you know something about your book. In a weirdly paradoxical way, the critique and feedback process is a journey to deliver the writer to that deep internal knowing of the story. So that at the Mm -hmm. end of so many conversations with so many people saying, here's all the things to look at, here's all the things that don't work. The result is the author who says, oh, I know what this book is about. I know how I'm going to execute it. I know why every scene is here. I know why every piece of dialogue is here. And I know why I cut everything that I cut. That's the ultimate goal. I mean, it's a little bit of a Shangri-La perhaps, but I think we do get closer with each conversation. It's a little bit cliche, but the first draft, you're telling yourself the Mm -hmm. story. Absolutely. You know, your second, your third, your fourth draft, you still might be telling yourself the story, but you're starting to tell others the story too and hearing how they hear it. But when you get to the point where you trust your own writing enough to say, okay, I'm going to send it off to people who are never going to tell me anything about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to put it out there in the world. That's pretty amazing. And it's pretty fearless. I think people don't give themselves enough credit for once you push that work out and you no longer can get that feedback the Mm -hmm. way that you do through critique, you're taking the high dive. The whole thing is fearless. You sit in your house with the audacity to write a story, and then you have Mm -hmm. the audacity to bring it to a group of people and say, gee, I wonder what you think of this story. And then you have the audacity to listen to their answers to that question (laughs) and then try to implement some changes. I mean, I think the whole creative process requires fearlessness at many different stages. That's why it's so great. But to be fair about it, while it requires 
fearlessness, the only way that we achieve fearlessness is by holding each other's hands through the process. Absolutely. And the empathy required and the trust only comes from creating a, a scenario where you know that the people in the room have had some of the same experience and are all striving for your success. Yeah. If we can create a community where people are working for each other's success, mm-hmm. that puts everybody at that level of trust. Critique scares the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is because giving critique is holding something very fragile in your hands. Mm-hmm. If you do it in the wrong way, you can break it. That's so much trust in those moments. Yeah, it's a really hallowed process of trust and vulnerability. And it is such an honor and a privilege when somebody comes to you and says, I have this piece of creativity. Can you help me with it? Part of my goal in trying to help people along in this process is helping them build strength and muscle and fearlessness. Sometimes that means saying the thing that you know the person doesn't want to hear, but they need to hear. Yeah. As much as the empathy and the care is really important, I think if you're not pushing each other, you're not actually doing the right or service. I think they're not mutually exclusive. I think you can be empathetic and challenge someone at the same time. And I think in some ways, that's the way it happens the best because to challenge a writer to level up in a certain way, to give them a nudge to push themselves a little harder happens because we really care what happens to them. We really care what happens to their story. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this chat, let us know. You can find us on Twitter at RW underscore Igloo and at Julia F. Green. There we talk about the writing life and also announce upcoming workshops and classes. We're hosting a live writing retreat in October titled Journey to Jupiter, where we'll be helping writers take their books to the next level. Learn more about it at juliafgreen.com slash Jupiter. Don't forget to grab a virtual donut or muffin on your way out, and please take a moment to celebrate your own creative successes. Until next time, keep writing in the dark. We'll see you there.